Welcome back to the Brand Builders Lab. We are at episode 226 and today we're talking about taking risks with the founder of Celia Loves, Steffi Kirby. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. I'm your host, Suze Chadwick, business and mindset coach, author and speaker, and the creator of Brand Builders Academy and the Amplify Accelerator. Right here on this podcast, you'll learn how to create an epic brand and a profitable business and become the creative rebel you set out to be. Now is the time to be courageous and become a bold and powerful voice in your industry. Forget average, it's time to level up. Hello, beautiful human. How are you? Welcome back to the podcast. I'm going to say it, aren't I? It's always amazing to have you here. I'm super excited to share today's episode with you. I have had some pretty amazing interviews lately, haven't I? Have you been loving them? Have you been inspired by them? Have you been learning from them? Well, if you have, then make sure you go and you leave a review on the app that you use letting us know. Leave a five-star amazing review. I would love you to be able to do that for me. Otherwise, you can also just share it with your followers, with your community, if you love this podcast and all of the amazing interviews and content that we share. That would be such a help. Yes? So listen, I want to introduce you to Steffi Kirby because I met her at the huddle Lots of things have come from the huddle in Orange through Jumbled Online this year. Very excited to have spoken at that event. Uh, It's definitely inspired some new content for me, some new ideas, things like that. But I also met obviously some amazing other speakers and women. So whether you were a speaker or you were just there, then, you know, I just met some incredible women all round in Orange. And so I wanted to have Steph on the podcast because she's such a powerhouse and she's so much fun and she's so inspirational with her story and the things that she's done. So let me tell you a little bit about Steph. A candle-obsessed former corporate dweller and founder of Celia Loves, Steffi Kirby started the business in her garage after making her own candles for around the home. The urge to burn constantly was becoming too expensive and so she started creating her own soy wax candles that she knew were good for her and her family to be. Naturally, this grew to gifting to family and friends and before long, these great smelling candles had epic designs to match. Fast forward to the present day, Celia Loves is stocked in retail stores across Australia and ships globally. The brand is known for their bold, vibrant and iconic packaging your scent bff and candles made to burn not collect dust and so obviously because she's bold and she's vibrant there was a values alignment there so i was super excited to invite her to come and be on the podcast and you are about to experience and listen to her journey the risks that she took the things that she says you need to start thinking about and learning from And one of them is really trusting yourself as well. So I'm super excited to share this with you. Without further ado, let's dive in. Steph, welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited <laughs> to chat with you today. I actually wrote down some intentions. I remember watching you do it on the plane and I've committed it to doing that before participating in extra fun activities like today. I love that. That's so good. <laughs> obviously, not obviously. I was like, obviously we met at the huddle. Like everybody already knows that. <laughs> <laughs> But it was so nice to meet you and find out more about your business, which was Celia Loves. And you were so amazing on stage when you were talking on the panel. Um, And I was just like, oh, I love sharing business stories of women who have done things that maybe they weren't planning to do. But I just, yeah, I love the story. So that's what I wanted to talk about today with you. Well, you would have learned from the huddle. I love a chat. So <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> I know. So good. So good. So Steph, for my audience who don't know you and don't know who Celia loves, do you want to give us a little bit of a snapshot as to what the business is now and where you're at? And then we'll go back to the beginning. Absolutely. So we are Celia Loves. We are a household candle name. We are made to burn, not collect dust. So the ethos around our brand is not only to look beautiful, but to be part of people's lifestyle. I always found it interesting when brands say that they're lifestyle focused, but that's actually at the center and core of everything we do. So we are part of your daily rituals. We are part of your routine. When you're welcoming guests into your home, you're scenting your space beautifully. Um, we have created these beautiful soy candles for people to actually use and appreciate in their homes. And we make them look iconic with our packaging. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> you're in the right place on the Brand Builders Lab. And I have the little one that was in the goodie bag on my oh, desk. Right. I've got, I've got like the cards. I love being inspired by colors and greens, my good luck color. So <laughs> amazing. So good. So how did you get here? Where did wow. it all start? Well, maternity leave. Um, it, so my background is lawyer, lawyer by trade. I was actually admitted to practice, which means my signatures on the Supreme Court um, registry. I'm an officer of the court um, and I loved it, but I, loved motherhood more um and I liked making money as well so I you know it's it's true because when you go on maternity leave you actually have to let go of your financial independence and for me personally I really struggled with that um having to rely on someone it made me quite uncomfortable so I I said about finding something that not only fulfilled that productivity piece in my life, it also helped financially as well. And it started off um, in markets. Um, and I remember I used to be stoked when I came home with like an extra 200 or $300. <laughs> um, it was very stressful, you know, pouring 60 candles before a market. And now um, we're packing 60 in like, and that's a small order for us. So it's, uh, yeah, quite interesting. Interesting, um, but it all really started from maternity leave. So I left my legal profession and became a candle maker. Why candles? It was an activity, um, maternity leave journey, I guess. I don't. I was like, I don't know how I six. So to be honest, I wanted to see productivity. When you're a lawyer, you're marking everything in six minute increments. You can really see how productive you are when you're raising a child. You're like, tick, kept my baby alive today. Um, but also, 
is sometimes it cannot it cannot really feel rewarding because you can't really see the fruits of your labors until like much much later on um so and I really love being able to see a task started and completed so I said about learning how to make candles and it really fulfilled this like I could be like oh I I was a mum today and I did all these things but also hey I actually made 10 candles and they're burning in the home and I feel relaxed and I feel beautiful and I feel calm um and I really really loved that um and it I have to be so transparent it really started by accident um yeah (laughs) sorry I feel like a lot of businesses started by accident it's like I just I just thought I wanted to do this. So were you a candle burner before that? Like, is that something that you loved? And so that's why you went into it? Chronic candle burner. (laughs) It is so expensive. Um, It's an expensive habit, but I, I really, so I'm all about symbolism. I really love that. And I love that symbolic ritual of like coming home from a busy day, lighting a candle, your day is done. You're actually allowed to like switch up gears. You don't have to be busy anymore. You can just be soothed, relax the ambience. Um, I love, I said is so special to me. I, I cannot stand the smell of like garbage bins. I, like I'm really, I find them so offensive. So I'm all like any small bad smell, I'm like, no, cover it with a candle. It'll be fine. Just burn a candle. So my status of candle burning has always been chronic. Chronic. I love that. It's an official status. So good. So you are at home with your first bubby and you're making candles and selling them at markets. Did you think when you started it, like, was this a hobby? Were you intentionally thinking, let me think about something I could maybe do later down the track? Like, what was the thought? Again, for transparency, it was always the intention uh, to have fun doing it. it absolutely 100% a hobby I found so much joy I it was actually a great sense of pride I have to say being able to like go over to a friend's house and be like oh I made these candles like here you go um you, you know it was just it was something that I could share with people as well so I was filling my cup but then I realized quite quickly I could fill other people's cups and I just I had so much fun making them for friends and family it was That's- yeah so I never thought, hmm, (laughs) would I be in the homes of so many people? (laughs) It was not even in my realm of thinking at the very, very beginning. I love it. And so when did it become or when did it come into your realm of thinking that this could be more? Um, Well, uh, for context, um, I never went back to the legal profession. (laughs) After my first, I had this realisation that if you're going to be consumed by something eight hours a day, it has to be something that you love. And I loved being a mum, but I knew there was something else that I had to love more. Um, So I resigned. And then I spent 18 months at home, which is an absolute privilege um, to be a mum. You know, it was... The, the best time but by that 18 month mark I kind of started to have these um, moments of like what am I doing with my life you've got a law degree you're you now you're making candles like are you joking and so this opportunity <laughs> this opportunity came up to work at a global company so I actually followed a lawyer over to this global company and it was it satisfied so much my business love and that's when I really um 
found out or discovered that I love business. Um, I learn as much. I love the diversity. I love that it was this vortex of like overlearning. I know some people find that incredibly overwhelming, but it really matched my fast paced nature, quick thinking, problem solving. But then again, it got to a point where I was like, oh, I don't know. In that time, I've had another baby, Grace. And in that time, I've focused on labels and label design and packaging design and that packaging design was so quirky there was nothing else available like it on the on the market we got picked up by Myers and then I was like oh cool like didn't think that would happen didn't even know that that was going to happen and then that was I think I just kept going I was because I never had that intention to create a beautiful business at that time it was something that I and still to this day love um I was always taken by surprise when people really resonated with our product. So when we got picked up by Beacon Lighting, I was like, okay, I've got two major stores that have knocked on my door. I'm kind of being a dick about it. I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm in Myers. Yeah, I'm in Beacon Lighting, like fabulous, you know, still shocked to this day. But then I was like, hang on a sec, you're doing something different. Can you like recreate this opportunity later on? Probably not. This is your moment. And so I handed in my resignation. (laughs) Amazing. Now I want to go back to your story about your resignation because you had an intention that you had set and that you had told them as well. What was that? Well, they laughed. Um, And I, I think also I surprised myself and them as well. So my intention was, I said to my, my boss at the time, when I make my prorated salary for three consecutive months, I'm going to hand in my letter of resignation. Um, they they honestly laughed. They thought, okay, like, sure, give it a go. And four months later, I handed in my resignation. So it was a, a fabulous time. I stayed there. I finished up on such great terms. They're so supportive. But really, I had to prove to myself that it was actually financially viable for me to take that leap. In that time, I was negotiating with Beacon Lighting um, to go into their stores. And I just have to say they are one of the most beautiful companies to work with. I absolutely adore them. Um, and I, I, I wanted to take that risk. These two, two big businesses have taken a risk with my brand and I knew at that point I had to go all in. Amazing. And so I just want to go back to the resignation and the I'm going to pro- make my prorated salary in the next three months or four months. What did you plan? What did you do? Like, what was the thinking around it when it comes to, okay, like, this is how many I need to sell. This is what I need to do. Was it really just because Maya and Beacon had come on board that you were able to do that? Or did you have other like strategies in place for how you were going to hit that goal? We have such a beautiful uh, wholesale portfolio. So we had been building our wholesale portfolio up um, month on month. So we have sales agents who are going out and finding stores for us. Um, If it was a good fit, we'd go get on board with them. Um, So we have so many incredible Australian stockists behind us and we were building that up slowly. So I I don't want to say that I had too much strategy uh, and I, I find goals limiting, but I was like, okay, I'm going to hit these pieces and that means the brand is, the brand is actually ready. Um, and that was really pivotal uh, in the sense that we really went from hobby to then business and I was able to prove that 
Celia Loves actually had the substance to go from hobby to business and carry that forward because, you know, I might be name dropping Maya and, and Beacon Lighting. They were the two pivotal moments in my life to keep pushing the brand forward. And along the way, we've collected all these, this beautiful family of, of stockists. So the strategy was build relationships, build community, um, save, outsource our pain points um, and then really start setting the brand up. Also, one of my friends said to me, hey, if, you've got, if you get the beacon lighting order, would you put redirect that money into a warehouse space? Again, I didn't think of that. We're working out of my garage. Um, the team were like lugging orders up and down my driveway. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm smart. I can make the money back. I'll flip burgers if I have to, to put you know food on the table for the family. So yeah, I'll give it a go. Signed a warehouse lease, went all in. That was our strategy. <laughs> Go all in is the strategy. I love it. That's yeah. so good. Do you think that if Maya and Beacon hadn't come knocking, you still would have taken the business to where it is now? Beacon, um, yes, absolutely. Um, Maya's was pivotal in the sense that I was um, – I recognise that as a brand we're doing something quite different. They've got the the scope to find an abundance of, of talent and brands and they, for some reason, picked ours. So I knew that we are doing something right. That, that really pushed us into a whole different business direction. I was working really hard behind the scenes to still build up our wholesale portfolio uh, along with our agents and team. Also, for context, on my lunch break, uh, before work, after work, I was like texting the team instructions or answering any problem. Like I had two people working from my garage while I was working for a global company. Um, so I don't. I feel like we would have gotten to where we are potentially not as fast. Um, we may not have scaled as quickly, but I do believe I love the product so much, and it really is something that I enjoy and what other people to enjoy as well that we would yeah I reckon we still would have been here yeah yeah so yeah. good and so you say you know Maya came on board and you know they've got all of these other brands that they could potentially work with now that you've been working with them like do you know why they chose you like what was it about and even with Beacon as well what is it about the brand that really has resonated with these companies so we ended up only doing um, the buying seat, so the uh, Christmas season with Maya. So we're no longer stocked in there. But what I recognise, we have such a vibrant outlook on packaging. And so our packaging, our personality, how we deliver it, we have our consumer in mind. Like we we want, like, Suze, I want you to burn that candle when you're writing your intentions. <laughs> I want you to go... I can't wait to go home, put my trackies on, take my makeup off, throw the bra on the ground, light my candle and chill out. Like we, I, I want that joy for my consumers. And I feel like that translates in our packaging because it's fun. It's vibrant. Uh, we literally want to spark joy in your day. So from first sliding it to buying it to taking it home, I want people to always be that excited for our product. We put so much into our packaging design and I, 
And I feel like they recognize that as well. Not just that, it's really our everyday wholesaler that also recognizes that piece as well. So they might be the big two people, but there is a whole portfolio of people stockists that really know how much we put and how much energy and time and love and they'll get messages from me and I'll be like oh my god have you seen what we've just done I know genius the colors I can't and then they I think that makes them excited too because it's such a, it comes from it comes from my heart so um I feel like they just recognize that point of difference being personality yeah and I love that and you know I do always say the energy that you put in is the energy that you're your customer receives like that love of that energy as I mean when you talk about the brand it's so clear to me what the brand story or narrative is around you know getting home taking the bra off taking the makeup off being in in the space of relaxing and that do you feel like you were always really clear on that story around the brand not really um because at the beginning, we had no intention of being a of, of being a brand. There's a lot of there's a lot of difference between creating something versus forming a brand, in my opinion. Um, I don't know how. Let's that talk about with you. that. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Let's talk about because that. It's um, it's you know, anyone can make a candle. Like, yeah. but building a brand, building a community. If you don't see the value in that and what you're giving to people, you know. Our, our very, very, very first customers know where we've come from. And then we have these new customer acquisitions all the time. And th- we weren't really clear, but we, we knew we were doing something. And at the end of the day, it was that recognition of community. So the story might not necessarily be relaxation, but the story is community and, and how we want to be part of your moment. So, um, you know, there's a beautiful lady whose husband um, was deployed overseas and he took Aldrafood and Sage Candle because it reminded him of home. That, to me, has stuck in my mind. Mm. That's what we do. We attribute sense to your moments um, and whether it is that relaxation piece, which is majority of our consumer, or it's entertaining, like we have playlists that go with our candles because we want to set the mood. We're like, hey, That's bring so it amazing. It is so much fun. Um, and, you know, it's dinner party sounds, right? And we pair it with a scent for you. We're like, okay, it's getting cold. It's to- you, need, you need pistachio and caramel, toast and marshmallow, chuck on our playlist. We've got the vibes covered, babe. Like we are here to be part of your life. And it did take a long time to recognise that. But I do believe it's that community and and responding to them and their needs. We're actually really consumer-led. Yeah, I love that. That's amazing. And I feel like you've kind of covered like the whole brand experience with the scent and the music and the like the narrative of what, what life's like for your customer and things like that. I'm just like so juiced by all of that. I think it's amazing. And I love that you've gone so deep into all of those elements as well. I think it's really unique. I don't think that... I don't think a lot of brands do that really well. And I think you've done it really well when it comes to the packaging. Cause you did say that that's one of the things that's really stood out as far as differentiating you in the market. Where did that come from? Is that just your taste? Is it, were you inspired by something? Sorry. Um, my tastes, I am OTT in everything I do. Okay. I'm about to start geeking out. Just warning you, you might have to do a lot of editing in this next little bit. 
sorry, seriously, it's your birthday. I'm going to paint a picture for you. Um, you're like, Steph, come over for dinner. Um, can't wait. I'm like, no worries. I've got the wine. I've got the present. But it's not just like, hey, it's in a crappy-ass bag. I'm like wrapping it up. I'm double wrapping. So it's really exciting when you open it. I'm putting pom-poms on there. I'm putting like, I'm, I've got a balloon, like it's over the top, right? And that's also a lot of effort. Um, I'm pretty time poor, always a little bit late, you know, like it just, but I have to, I'm coming to your house for your birthday. I want you to feel excitement and joy. So I contacted a graphic designer and I'm like, Hey, this is my idea. I haven't seen it done before. There were these key brands in the market and they all did solid colors. Everyone either does browns, whites, black and white. I'm like, I get it, but also I don't get it. Um, yeah and then I was like oh I'm just this is my idea it's an amalgamation of these kind of illustration bright a little bit quirky a little bit fun and we got all of that and we had our Tropicana range which is the toucan and um the flamingo and it it's just so fun like people like how does a flamingo make sense with strawberry champagne I'm like how can it not like it is so fun are you kidding me like flamingos are the coolest animals out there and so great that's really what <laughs> that's really what set us apart um because we it was that con- we're again we're always so consumer led that I don't even think I recognized that early on so I wanted people to pick up our product and immediately feel joy and excitement be like well, what is this what is going on oh my god it's a can of what and then open it and then it's that sensory like smelling and it's a very tactile experience that um Celia loves yeah, Did I, I love it. Too much? No, that was perfect. <laughs> I think I think your packaging is beautiful. Um, even when we were at the huddle, you had like all of the candles in the pink retro sink with a part yes. with a with a pink yes. grapefruit, and you're like, "What do you think of this?" I'm like, "It's amazing." And I yeah. know that you had kind of done that, but I love that you uh, experiment with those types of things. I think it looks amazing as well, and I think it is really unique. Yeah. Um, and I saw your candles at Jumbled when I went into the yeah. store and they just stand out yeah. and they're beautiful and, yeah, amazing. And so you've you've taken on Beacon and you've, you know, expanded the business. So what are the plans now and what are the things that you, you're focusing on when it comes to growing the brand and the business? Okay. So what are our plans now to keep delivering um, a beautiful experience. So we're making sure there's some really boring stuff in that piece. Well, not really boring because I, I really do tend to geek out on a lot of things, but I it's that process of like from start to finish, what does it look like for our consumer? So how do they find us? So from all facets, we're really doing a brand overhaul. You might have seen it stage one of I our did. brand rollout. Um, so keep focusing, keep elevating the brand, keep pushing um, ourselves to delivering really unique original designs, but really continue to to extend that experience for our customer with things like the dinner, uh, dinner oh my gosh, dinner party playlists. Um, so that dining experience goes hand in hand with our, our um, candles. So it's really about extending that community life in different ways. So I'm always, will always be community focused. Um, and that consumer experience, just making sure it doesn't really have a shelf life in the sense that you don't buy product and then you put it in the bin. Once you've used it, you go, oh my God, this is something I want to keep using. Um, and yeah, just keep, keep being, um, 
innovative, I think, in our space. Um, we have new products launching um, and I'm very excited for that. I'm like, don't give any secrets. No, away. I know. It's fine. Um, you don't I'm have like, to tell us. Away. I was like, oh, God, Steph, stop. So I've got it's a really okay. bad habit of getting so excited. They're like, everybody, this is what I'm doing. And then I'm like, oh, zip it, zip it. Um, I've been banned a few times. So my team was like, stop, you can't. <laughs> um, so for us, it's really relationships are so important in business so whether it's our instagram community whether it's our wholesalers whether it's um, our external companies that we work with when it comes to marketing or ads or whatever it might be i'm i'm relationship focused at the moment uh, i'm a long-term relationship girl yeah. so just making sure we have good people around us that we're not getting too distracted by any outside noise um, and that we just keep like growing as well. I feel like some brands, they get stale. So they do the same recipe all the time and then you cut, it loses its magic. Um, and I'm not prepared to lose our magic just yet. So I want to keep being sparkly. I want to keep introducing new things and, you know, candles aren't genius, but our packaging is. Yeah. Um, the way we choose to show up for our community um, is also fun. So people will see a bit behind the scenes. They'll see um, the end product. Um, they don't really see too much of like what goes wrong, but they see a lot of what goes right and which is the end product. Yeah, I love that. And I mean, I kind of think there's two things I want to talk about. I want to talk about geeking out and the analytics because I know you're an analytical yeah. uh, analytical girl, which I think is really important to talk about as well because that is part of being intentional with how you grow the business. And then I want to talk about community and building that. So yeah. when it comes to the analytics of your business, what are the things that you look at? Like what do you think are the things that actually help you make informed decisions? Okay, so there's a lot. Um, again, you'll hear me say this throughout the whole entire podcast. If you're not listening to your consumer, you're doing business wrong. Like yeah. you just 100% cannot grow. It's really important to distinguish between opinion and you've got something wrong. Um, so people might go, oh, I don't like that scent. One person out of a thousand, that's an opinion. Um 900 out of a thousand that's a fact do you know yeah. what I mean so yeah. you have to you really have to be good at constructive feedback um constructive feedback will help grow your business um so from a consumer point of view I'm always being like oh you enjoyed it oh like and then they'll tell you the good things or sometimes the consumer might go oh it was a bit clunky here and I'll note it down and then we'll fix it basically where are they giving you um, that feedback Steph so whether it's email um, DM, they have, okay. if it, and it depends if it's a, um, a wholesaler versus a customer, um, direct, yeah, customer feedback. Uh, we always take it on board and then I put it in a little diary and I'm like, okay, highlight repetitive things. Where can you improve? Data analytics is really important in the sense that you have to make sure that stockers are a good match. Um, I call it one night stands. If you don't get a reorder, I'm always like, okay, hey, Sue's fine that you didn't want to reorder, but can you give us any constructive feedback? They go, our customers didn't like the fragrances. And then you go, okay, that's fine. Then you look at their demographic of their audience and you go, oh, do you know what? Our brand was probably a little bit too vibrant. That wasn't a good pairing. 
You want to make sure that you align yourself with other like-minded businesses to grow. So it's really important to always, always take that feedback on board and don't take it personally either because everyone's got an opinion. Um, You've just got to distinguish between which ones actually matter and which ones, um, you know, can be written down in a book and forgotten about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the data that we look at is like we always look at our product Um, if a product isn't performing, we ask why. Is it because we have stronger fragrance? That was going to sound wrong. Stronger products. Um, Is it because it was too far out of what the Sealy Love scent palette is? Um, Was it too polarising? We always look at that piece and, and grab that feedback. We look at, like, customer satisfaction. How quickly are we turning out orders? Um... Why is, there a, why is there a lag? What, what could we improve? Um, so we're, all, we're constantly asking ourselves a series of questions so we can keep improving processes and product development and ultimately the customer experience with us. Mm. Does that answer your yeah, question? Yeah, Sorry. absolutely. I love it. No, 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 it's great. Because I think that I think that, that is something that some businesses just, don't spend enough time on and then they're kind of wondering why like it's not working so just to go back to the stockers and the scents and that sort of thing when you've got when you've got your sales staff looking for new wholesalers are you targeting certain areas based on I guess data of what type of people or socioeconomic groups or are you just trying different places like what's the what's the thought process around the sales yeah yeah it's a combination so we have sales agents um in some states they know the areas really well it's their job to know the stores in their territory to know them really well and then to align us with them, basically. Um, I don't like going into the stores for the sake of a sale um, because that doesn't benefit anyone. Um, I don't think it actually reflects great on your brand, so you have to be quite careful. Do we take a risk? Absolutely. Is it calculated and educated? Absolutely as well. We know if our products, we can see by what's in there. It's a review process. And because for me, you have to have a lot of respect for other people's money. Yeah. You have to go, this wholesaler is choosing to spend their hard-earned dollars on our brand. I, I actually don't ever feel comfortable just saying yes for a sale. I'm like, yes, because I believe our brand's going to do really well in there and benefit them ultimately. Um, if we look at a store and go, do you know what? We can tell, you know, that it's all florals and nano vibes and all of that. Then all of a sudden you're putting in this poppy vibe. It's not going to work well. It's too polarizing for their consumer. And so we'll say, do you know what? I don't think we're a good fit. Or we'll say, do you know what? I'm not too sure we're a good fit for you. These are our recommendations. Let's just scale the order back, see how your consumer responds. And then we'll go from there. I feel like that's really important. So we ultimately look at what are the um, uh, brands that they house in their stores as well. When it comes to product development, we have to um, weigh up any judgment against e-commerce as well as wholesale because they ultimately are two different consumers. Um, And something that sells really well online might not translate in stores. Um, And then if we can see that it's not translating, we will just redirect the product either through wholesale 
or back through e-commerce as well. I yeah. love it. I can totally geek out with you on all of that stuff. <laughs> I think it's so good. Analytics are the best. So good. So let's talk about community. So how did you grow the community? How did you start the community? What are you doing with the community now? Like what's your sort of thoughts around that? Community is everything. So what are, what are the flowers where you feed her? Um, so we have deep roots in Geelong. I love the community here. It's as simple as sliding into people's DMs and saying, hey, love what you're doing. You are done, energy. Wonder where I got that from. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, finding, it's finding your tribe. And, and I really don't love saying that, but it's literally finding the people that resonate with you and investing in them. You're not going to be liked by everyone. You're going to be polarizing to people. You're going to be bloody annoying to people. So find the people that fill your cup and you in turn fill their cup as well. So what I really try and do um, is locally just pop in and say hi to stores where I can see our product is how's it all going great love what you're doing we also reinvest in those areas so we might like go pick some stores and buy from them for the team or or staff presence whatever it might be giving them shout outs and stories so when um people are uh, buying our product resharing it we make sure that we're like saying to everyone else hey these are the people that we have following us it's so great look at our product in store um we Susan, i can't remember the question sorry so it was about building community yeah so it's literally like picking up a phone call and going hey the last few years have been really tough i'm literally just genuinely checking in how are you going Mm. how how are you because my, and I don't even love using the word my, but the, the community around the brand Celia Loves really, 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 really matters to me. Um, so when people are, are DMing me, I, I want to invest in those people because they're investing in me. And I think that's quite beautiful. Um, we, again, we'll do story highlights. The way we bring people on a journey, where I'm such a storyteller. I'm like, oh, my God, I almost died this morning and my husband's always like, but did you really? And I'm like, well, no, I was inside the gate and I was completely fine and safe. But for the drama of it, I'm like just letting you know I could have in an alternative universe totally died. <laughs> it was like, you're inside in bed, Seth, like what are you talking about? Um, so, you know, it's just bringing people on the journey, like, I get so excited by product development, bringing them on, showing them the behind the scenes. I really find it so incredibly hard to show up as an incredibly polished person because I'm inherently not that person. So I've learned to really go, it's actually okay if they see me, my hair's a little bit messy that day um, because this is literally how I am. Um, It's taking them behind the scenes, showing them flashbacks, showing them you guys used to buy our products when I was pouring them in my kitchen, then in my garage, and now we're in this warehouse. Now we're into our second warehouse. You guys are part of this journey. It's not just my story. You know, it's something that we can share with so many other people. And I get so excited when people are like, hey, remember that time your salad blew away in the wind? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> I can't believe you remember that out of everything. And, you know, I also love to sharing finds along the way. We are a lifestyle brand. So if I find a really cool clothing brand, earring brand, so I, I want to share those snippets as well because that ultimately builds on your community and their interests too. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, so true. And the other thing is, is that we, like, it's not just, say, the product that we're interested in. It is 
the founder, it is the story, it is the employees, it is the how, like what's working and what's happening in the background. Like, I think that that really gets investment as well. Like, I want to know everything that's happening. Like for people that love your brand, I think that they want to be nosy and see what's, what's going on. If you think about it, they have access to the owner of the brand, the creator of a brand and the people who make the product. So the clothing that you're wearing today or that I'm wearing today, I haven't seen this made. Have you seen yours made? Like no. Exactly. So when you get to take people on that level of detail, that is the biggest asset to any brand. It is fundamentally so cool. I know the owner of this brand um, and we don't see this product made may but you see the process of it being designed that is just as cool um but for us yeah i think people are nosy and they're like and do you know they're like i wonder if my candle got poured today or i wonder if you know it's actually a handmade product they can see that process they have we invite them into that space um and I think it's kind of cool. I love being nosy. (laughs) (laughs) We're all nosy, Steph. We love a bit of behind the scenes. And so what have been, what do you, like when you look at the journey today, what do you feel have been some of the lessons that you've learned that you've kind of like, that was quite pivotal or that was something that I didn't expect to learn, but that was like really an amazing thing or a good thing, a bad thing, whatever it might be. Yep. I actually really love this question. There are so many things. I've got so many learnings along the way. So we scaled really quickly. We went, we scaled, I think it was like 250%, 150%, 75%, like that's our year on year journey. And when you get higher up in the numbers, your growth kind of starts to slow down because then you get stuck in growing pains and then there's this cycle of growing um, pains that sometimes can be sometimes really hard to shake because you think you've shaken them and then all of a sudden you get to the next phase and then you're like okay this is the same set of scenarios but then your financial resources might be a bit stretched because now you've got you know x y and z commitments so for me it's really like you don't have to scale really quickly I think that's quite God, I don't want to offend anyone, but I think sometimes that can be quite a toxic culture around Mm. business. Everyone's this fast, fast, fast. Mm. I'm like, it's actually okay to be stable and scale at a slower rate and not kill yourself in the process from being stressed and all of that. Um, So it's kind of making sure that you are really firm in what you want for you and your business, not to let too much outside influence into your brand. So having more brand control, I had this real pivotal moment where I let someone have too much say in my business that ultimately um, we made some bad choices because uh, we invested in areas that didn't really make sense to us. And we knew that, but we were like, we held them to such a level that we were like, oh, maybe we're wrong in our decision-making. Um, so being really mindful who you let in and influence your decisions and it's okay to say no. It's mm. actually okay to say no if, if you don't want to take on that opportunity, if it doesn't align with you and, and that's your gut telling you, don't do it, you'll always regret it. Maybe that's just me but that's how I feel um, on reflection. Um, and there are so many learnings. There is not enough tech-driven 
things directed at girls, um, people using computers, technology, all of that. I feel like there's a fundamental skills gap in girls and women. I don't know if that's just me, but I remember not really being a gamer or exposed to anything. So for me, getting on tech was really hard and I was quite resistant to that. So I guess my biggest learnings is keep challenging yourself and don't try and be the expert in every facet, but at least have a base understanding so you can give educated feedback to people. Um, And if you don't know, just be honest and be like, hey, Suze, when you said this, I actually don't know what you mean. Can you say it to me in another way that maybe I can understand? That's really important in your decision-making process and probably something I didn't recognise until I made a few little whoopsies and um, had to sometimes learn the hard way and then, you know... (laughs) It's really good, but it's, you know, I, I was really resistant to like um, CRM technology until we really needed it. And by the time we really needed it, we were really far behind. So it's just things like that. Just challenge yourself. Don't try and be the expert, but try and at least understand something so you can give credible feedback as well. Yeah, I love that. That's so good. I remember somebody saying, like, know enough to be dangerous. Like, you yeah. don't you don't need to know it all, but just know enough so that when somebody's speaking to you about it, you're asking great questions and things like that. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. So good, yeah. Steph. I love all of that, and I think that you know, I do love your approach to your brand and the passion that you've got behind it. And I can totally geek out with you anytime on all the <laughs> analytics. Like I love all of that too, but it's been, yeah. yeah, it really is. Sorry. I should have said this before. The, the thing that I love the most is to see how many people are in your portfolio or how many new consumers you have, how many repeat people you have. When you start to appreciate that data, you're like, Ooh, how do I make this move? Like, okay, where, where do we go wrong here? And how do we push those numbers up? Like I, yeah, sorry, geeking again, but yeah, it's very, very fun. Yeah. So good. Yeah. We ran, I ran a big report yesterday on like all of our customers from the past couple of years and just getting my assistant to, I'm like, can you just make this like really consumable so we can see where everybody's coming from and like where, you know, who they were referred by and just starting to get a lot more of that information too, which is so good. But I think it's, I think we have to, we have to understand our business at a deeper level in order to grow it intentionally as well. Yeah, and also reach out to experts or people who have done it before. I feel like sometimes we're afraid to go, again, hey, Suze, I've seen that you have achieved this. How did you get there? What are the questions that you ask? Did you have any resources you can share? Just think about the questions to ask them. They're not going to give you all the details where they go, hey, I read this book and I I took away this. Why don't you read it? And you might take away something completely different. So just keep asking questions from people who have done it but before you yeah Yeah. there's a lot of knowledge to share oh good awesome well Steph thank you so much for being on the podcast and for sharing your story I know that my audience will absolutely love it where's the best place for them to find you they can find us online at sealyloves.com.au beacon lighting stores across Australia or hopefully their local store and if we're not there please send me a dm so we can reach out (laughs) I love it. And your Celia loves on Instagram as well. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for giving me some of your time today. I've had such a great time chatting with you and thank you for giving me a platform to geek out on business as well. (laughs) I appreciate you. Thank you. Anytime, lovely. Anytime. It's been so good. 
Oh, Steph is such a powerhouse and I love what she's done with Celia Loves and she's a global brand and she's got new things coming out as well, like a new business that she's doing with her daughters and I can't wait to share that with you when it when it goes live as well. But she's just such an amazing person to follow and I'm so glad I was able to share her story with you. Well, that's it for another week. It has been amazing to have you here as always. And remember to follow me on all socials at Suze Chadwick. But thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then I would love you to leave a review so that others can find the podcast and come and hang out with us every week. Until next time, have an awesome week and make sure you keep playing big and branding bold.